Hola YouTube, my name is Ricardo Lino and I'm a wheel addict. This is the sixth episode of Skate Talks. And today's guest, it's the biggest wheel addict that I've ever met. He is 48 years old. He started racing on quads when he was six. He started selling skate products from the back of his car. And in 1994, he started his own brand. The brand is still running and it's called Power Slide. Today, my guest is Matthias Noll. So, let's make the phone call. How are you doing, Matthias? Good, thanks. And you? I'm good, I'm good. Can you hear me nice? Yes, all good. Okay. I was a baby. <laughs> the baby's three weeks. It doesn't even say that, say that much yet. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so not, not skating yet. Well, the baby skated already. I put the baby inside I the skate. It's the... cool because now I can put both feet inside the same skate, so it's cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, so I already make, made an intro about Matthias Noll, who is right now 48 years old. He started skating, he started racing when he was six and started selling products from the back of his car when like in 1990, 1989 right and then yeah, power slide started in 94 but you started racing at six but when did you really started skating do you remember that oh yeah maybe it's like maybe five it was five years so one year before so okay that was the first steps on skates and then like what adjustable but you like you were really big into speed skating and you still are but what what did you achieve with speed skating for the people who's listening to us who, that don't, don't know anything about you what did you achieve with speed skating what was your best results or well scott always makes fun of me and say i was north bavarian champion which is like a little reach in here so which means nothing <laughs> but i was a few times I was a few times German champion. I got some medals at Euros, and I had once a world record in 20K. You had a world record? So I was okay. <laughs> you I were had okay. a world record. <laughs> I was okay. For sure there were better guys than me, but I was okay. And did you, did you add the world record on quads or inline skates? That was still on quads, yeah. It was uh, when I was like really young still. I was like 17. When I was 17, I probably was best. Okay. And then when did you make the change from quads to, to inline skates? I think it was 1990, actually. I was the first guy in Germany to race on inline and win a race on inline skates, actually. Okay. And so where did you saw inline skates at first? Well, I was doing also some ice skating in the winter and speed skating, ice speed skating. So for me, inline was not something really bad. But a lot of like, the roller skaters, the traditional quad skaters, so inline is something bad and killing the sport. So, But I was pretty open-minded and I tried it pretty early and I liked it. So I decided to race on it pretty early and then, you know, I won some races and then from that everybody changed to inlines. Yeah, I remember starting inline skating, like, if I'm not wrong, in 1993 with some Bond boots and Mojama frames and Hyper. I don't even remember the name of the Hyper wheels. But you were the one selling the yeah. products, right? Yeah, 
Were you the first one in Europe selling yeah, inline skates? Um, no, I actually not. There was like uh, I got like you know skates I got from Bond from Australia, and like you said, the Holland uh, brands like Mogema was quite early, and Rups and Sunstra, they all had like early before actually before the inline boom came, they had already equipment for the ice speed skaters in summer. So Holland was quite advanced at this time. Okay. But and what what did made you start selling products? From the back of your car was it because there were no products in germany because you saw an opportunity there what was it what did made you start well what? it was uh when i was 17 my father died so my mother said well i cannot finance you anymore every weekend you're going to a you know a race and go to a trip it costs too much money so you need to earn your own money so i tried some jobs you know carrying out flowers and working in a concrete factory and but it really didn't work with studies and and with the racing so I decided to have something which I can do during basically racing and you know studying so the best match was to sell out of the car at the event actually and it, it worked pretty well <laughs> after how much time how long did it took how long did it took you to start actually making money out of it to start to think to even think about starting your own brand because you started your own brand four years five years later but what did made you start that well, brand it all was, yeah this all started basically when i was studying still so which was good so i had my own timing on the studies and training you know, on the weekend all the races so the good thing was you know i was lucky at this time also the east part of the germany opened up so all the people from the East actually needed new products and they all came to me because I was one of the only sources really having all the materials available from you know, wheels from USA, uh, a lot of stuff from Holland, a lot of stuff from Australia. And so all came to me for new stuff and this really helped to, you know, for me to grow actually pretty fast. And then after some years, like you said, then everybody changed in like 91, 92, everybody changed from quads to inline skates. So Actually, I was two times quite lucky, you know, with the east part of Germany coming together with the west part and being united and then the move to inline skate. So I got quite lucky and I, I could actually make quite some money after half a year. I remember I got a little bit of money from my mother, 5,000 Deutschmark at this time, but like half a year back, half a year later, I could pay her back already. So it was not too bad. So it took you half a year to pay back to your mom. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was not but I was hustling quite bad because every weekend I went out to the races and, you know, was for sure the first to set up a booth and the last to leave. And so, yeah, but it was nice. It was fun. Yeah. For people listening to this that don't know. So I, I was a speed skater before and I, I, I experienced some of these things happening with other people in other countries. Like in Portugal, whenever we had a race, there would always be someone on the back of his car selling wheels and all that. And usually for, for speed skaters, the wheels is one of the most important parts of the skates because if your wheels are old, you don't have the grip that you need. or it's, it's a really important part of the skate. So in the end, what you did was what a lot more people in other places in the world were doing, but you did it differently because you were representing a lot of brands, right? You were, you were distributing yeah, a lot. I was, I was actually, one of the first brands I did was Hyper, 
like from the USA, the wheel brand. And at this time, they had the best race wheels. So, but in quads, they didn't really work well because they only had really indoor wheels. So I started to use actually the indoor wheels outdoor and found out they worked really well. So in between one year, everybody changed from Italian-made wheels to US-made hyper wheels, but indoor wheels. And then when Inline came, you know, Hyper was quite established already as a brand for quad wheels. So it was easy actually to put everybody in the Hyper uh, race wheels. So yeah, the, the race wheels were a big part of my, my business in the beginning. And also like the guy who was uh, owning Hyper at this time, Tom Peters, and he was quite supportive for me and always helped with sponsoring a little bit for me and a little bit for some other skaters in the team and in Germany. I tried to, you know, put a little bit team together promotion, and so it was quite good. So really, Hyper helped me quite a little bit to set up everything. Okay, so for some of the people also listening to this that don't know, when Senet started, it was a project with Hyper in the back, right? Hyper was supporting Senet. So when Senet first came out, you you were the were you the only distributor for Senet in Europe? And not all over Europe at this time, because at this Europe was still like, you know, divided with, with more like borders and everything. And so we were distributing it in Germany and Austria and in Switzerland. And, but yes, Senate was part of Hyper and 976. And a lot of the brands were, which you saw were independent, actually owned by Hyper. So Hyper really controlled like almost all the wheel market, even in racing, they had ultimate and they had pleasure tools and, a lot of lot of brands like or in hockey they had QSAC extra. So it was not only hyper and bolt as a cheaper one, but they had multiple plants everywhere. So that's why they had a good market share I would say. And when did you started thinking about just going out of just speed skating to other types of skating? So you st you started USD in 1997, right? But before that, I know that you distribute some brands because the first kind of sponsor that I had in Portugal was Out. And from what I know, you used to be one of the Out distributors, right? Yes, like you said before, basically when we started PowerSlide in end of 1994, we have been a distributor only. But at this time, actually, we didn't focus too much on speed because speed was not really growing. But aggressive at this time was already growing. So you know, we took up Senate and all the aggressive brands. I don't know. At some point, I guess we had 40, 50 brands, you know, from from Fiction, 976, Senate, like you said, out. And we had a lot of the other closing brands and Realm, like a wheel brand. And so it was Pawn, Fiction and Slam and really smaller brands, CDS, all the grind plates, and it was quite a lot. So this is how we started out, really, with aggressive distribution. And then, yes, when the market went down, basically the first brand we did by our own was USD in 97. So USD was the first brand that PowerSlide ever owned? Was that it? Yes, basically. Yeah, more or less, as a real brand, USD was the first one we did. Yeah. Okay. And then, so it was not maybe the timing was not perfect because the market was down, but at the same time it gave us a lot of chances to enter the market when everybody else is backing out and we coming in, and so it was easier to get the the riders we wanted and everything. So I remember 
you know, talking to Julio and Patty and all these guys in Lausanne at one event, and they were all open to the concept, you know, having skates where you can put your own frames like 50-50 and Senate frames and having everything put together. So that's actually the down of the market really helped us to enter the market, let's say. Yeah, I remember I was in Lausanne the year after that. So it was the year of the release of USD. And Josh Petty was there and Dustin Latimer was there. And what was happening back then was kind of what, what happened last year, maybe two years ago with the ANs. Everyone wanted the skates, but the, the new skates weren't really available yet, which is quite a good thing marketing-wise. Some people like it, some people complain about it, but the products are not really available so it creates that hype around it so that was i remember that that was quite cool and now i'm gonna go to a few questions that i, I posted something on facebook about making this interview and some people made f some questions but the one that more people was asking was what's happening with shadow oh yeah that's uh, a longer story if you if you want to no, start from the beginning the how did shadow got into power slide and the whole process and what's happening right now what's the future of shadow well there was maybe it goes back to usd uh, at the beginning of usd uh, you know when we came out it was like called upside down in usd we made some own logos in germany and then actually shane who was shane coburn who was running medium at this time said hey i guess i can do better and help you guys a little bit out And then actually he got Alo on board and, you know, they both made like graphics for us and designs and helped design the skates and everything. So Alo and Shane had been a good part of it. And then, you know, when time moved on, you know, uh, Shane and Dustin had the opportunity to work with Salomon on the Shadow project. So they both went away to Shadow. And when Salomon basically closed down the inline section, then... And, Shadow was for sale, and you know Shane contacted me again and said, "Hey, would you be willing and open to buy it?" And you know I still run it with Dustin and all the team, so we said, "Oh, why not?" And actually, Salomon wanted to be really out, so the deal we got for paying and buying the brand was not too expensive, so we did it, and that's how it basically got along. And then Shane was helping running it, and but now the market is getting smaller and smaller and aggressive, so. It's hard to have, you know, two brands, basically USD and Shadow, with full teams and promotion, and have, you know, have double the cost. So actually, what will happen is that we will put the Shadow models under USD. So there will be a Shadow line under USD. So it will be two models, and it will be a little bit different concept. We are reworking some of the molds. So we are not dropping Shadow. We're trying to actually make it new, improve it and make some of the things which were not perfect and come out with a new line under USD, which is hopefully really, really good. And we still can keep the shadow fans. And we have also talking back to Dustin Ledema about, you know, being involved a little bit more again. And so we're trying to go back to the old, let's say, connections of shadow again, too. No, that's good. I've, I've seen the skates. I can't really talk that much about it. That's why I made a question. I'm not really going to talk about it. But I like the idea. I think it might work better. And I'm pretty sure if it's, if you guys are, if PowerSlide is doing the, adjust, the adjustments on the molds and all that, it's because it was tested and it's going to work. But I think uh, stability wise, it's going to be a lot better. And from people that try them already, Everyone say that it's going to work better. So 
can't wait to to see more people skating with it. And I know that some people is going yeah. to skate with a with a taller frame. That means that the skate is going to be more stable. Yeah, that's one of the things. We want to make it more stable, want to make it more simple a little bit and maybe less bulky. And so adjust a little bit to the current market needs, let's say. Okay. Other question that some people made is, is there any ideas of making a USD AN skate for kids? To go like to make like uh, one smaller size in like a, another mold with a smaller size that's a good point uh, right now we didn't plan it really because we didn't have the feedback so far but why not actually we we're working on a new aeon right now and we have the first samples like in a, a aeon 80 so it still has you know four times 80 basically so it's bigger wheels so it's between a urban free skating skate but still like an Aeon boot on top so you still can grind. We still have a groove inside but we have four times 80. So this is what we're working on for the Aeon project. But for the kids we don't have yet but we work on a similar project we call the Wave in, but it's more for fitness case but it's also one piece for kids really low and really stable. But it's a good option to have maybe a smaller kid skate. Do, do, you, think, do you think the Aeon could work with a smaller with a smaller mold keeping the same size of the wheels because somehow I think the wheels if the boot goes too small you would need to reduce the size of the wheels too so I, I don't know it's just maybe me thinking something which is not right I don't know yeah if it's small I, I agree if it's too long then it will be not nice for the kids to skate so it's probably going to be like a 58 or 57 or 55 then for the kids and the problem with the Aeon as, as a project is quite expensive to make the molds and it's quite tricky because it's so big. So it's not a super cheap project. So, but it's an option. So I, uh, I write it down. I keep it in, in mind, the smaller one. <laughs> Thank you. And for USD, I know that there's some new skates coming out, some older skates with new ideas. Is there anything that you can... Tell the people listening to this about other than the <coughs> Aeons. If you don't, if you can't tell us, we I understand. I totally understand it. But well, yeah, there's the problem is because it's still so much work to do for a lot of the projects, so it's really early. So even the Aeon 80 is kind of, you know, it's one size mold ready, so it will be not out before you know next spring basically. But there, there, let's say from the cooperation with Salomon, there was a long lost mold from Salomon, and we kind of we're lucky to get hand up it of a, let's say, of a free skating mold from Salomon, and we want to bring this back as an urban skate too. Ooh. So that's a little bit. That, that's, thing. that's good. I knew about that one. I couldn't really go direct to that one, but like I knew that. I think a lot of people will be excited about it. Yeah. Do you think that that molds? So basically, what happens is that USD will have, um, according to what you're saying, USD will have a, a Salomon mold, and will make one of their skates. As a as a sal as a USD skate, is that it? More or less, yeah. So it's uh, we did we got most of the molds, not all the sizes. So that's why I said we need to redo some molds in some sizes, and so that's why it's also a project for next year, more or less. But yeah, it's pretty exciting to get some old stuff we wanted to have before, but we weren't able to get. Okay. And sometimes by luck, you find it somewhere. Basically, <laughs> I know there's more Solomon technology. 
coming into other skates, uh, like the recall liners. Can you can you explain a little bit more about the recall liners? You you told me in an email like two three days ago, and yeah, some the people... recall liner. Yep. Yep. Yeah, go. the recall. I go ahead. The recall <laughs> liner for my fit is basically it's similar like like Salomon had before. They had like a memory foam all over, so it really adjusts to your foot basically from the heat. So you don't need really to heat mold the liner, but from your body heat, it really adjusts and then fills up all the gaps. So we always have really nice control and really nice fit, and it's really, really comfortable. It's like now Skechers is using it on all their inner soles, and so it's really nice and comfortable once you step in, and then it adjusts really quickly to your foot. So that's why we actually putting the recall fit in quite some of the skates we were doing, like in the MyFit liners, or we put it also in the Swell line, and in some other fitness skates too. Okay, so basically it's it's not it moldable. When you have a recall uh, foam in it, it's not it moldable, is that it? No, it's still heat moldable on top of it. So you still can heat mold it, but basically inside padding is all memory foam and it will adjust from itself. Okay, basically. so it's something like the, the major, if you need to make like a major change on a liner, then you heat mold it. But any any minor changes that you need, any minor adjustments it can be done just by the the body it is that it yes correct okay perfect <laughs> now let me just see okay so we have another question here which is i know i think i know the reply for this one but i can't really answer about this one so uh camille from you know camille from from poland has been asking it, uh, now that adapt is making that quattro mount which is kind of like the trinity but with four mounting four points it's a four point mounting system is power slide open to to have the trinity mount for other brands to use because it's quite a cool thing i was watching a, a little ad yesterday where you just put the towel boot and then you have all the different options and it goes from four times 80 three times 90 three times 110 a racing frame a hockey frame so basically if you have a towel skate you can have everything would power would power slide be open to have more brands selling the trinity selling skates with the trinity mounting system yeah that's one of our main objectives that we don't want to keep it for us we think it's a great system and it really works so actually we have been in contact and we have some agreement with some custom boot makers in speed skating mm -hmm. so we just got like first samples from the guys also from one spanish guy who made the boot with trinity and we are talking to uh, some frame makers in speed skating about Trinity frames. We're talking to some free skating people about Trinity uh, free skating brands. So actually right now we are talking to quite some people and we totally open minded, you know, to license the Trinity system to more and more brands. Because That's good. So there, there's some... Sorry. So there's some brands, some free skating brands interested in the Trinity mount. Yes, correct. Okay, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Can you keep, please keep going? I'm just, I got too excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, I think that's one thing when you have a good system and you just keep it for yourself, I don't think it's a good thing for the market overall. I think if it's a better system, which I guess I would say all the people who have skated Trinity agree that it's a great system and it's super stable and it's lower and it's stronger, then I think it should be open to the market and to everybody and just to make skating bigger and better. So, Okay, making skating bigger, that's the next question. 
I know that a lot of people keep saying over the last 10 years that skating is coming back. There's always like a million, a trillion, zillion different uh, theories. What is your theory? Is skating coming back? Is it not? If it's coming back, what should be done? Or what, should, what can people do to, make, to help skating in general? Well, is skating coming back? Yes, it will come back. I don't think it will go big as it was before, but for sure there's a new generation coming out. And I think now where we have the, let's say, the roller skate boom a little bit uh, worldwide. And, you know, if you remember, roller skates were super big in the 80s uh, with all the discussing and chain Fonda aerobics and everything. So I think now the trend is coming also to the 90s when you look at the closing and everything, you know, all the 90s getting more and more popular again. So I think after now the roller skating trend, actually there should come an inline skating trend. And I think a part of it could be that, you know, the, the skates, the three wheel skate, the tri skates actually could lead this new wave because, you know, they look different, they are, they feel different, they skate different, and they attract to a younger, you know, younger audience basically. So a lot of people I know, younger people coming back into sport, saying it's cool. I know some years ago it was everybody, you know, inline skating is gay, look at inline skater, you know, they have like their skin suits, they are like, you know, lycra style and they are like fat and old and now it's changing a little bit to be inline skaters are becoming more cool. You see it more on social media, you see it more in videos and stuff like this. So I think it's, it has potential to come back. It will never be as big as it was before. And I think when it comes back, it could be also like everything right now, sadly, but true, the trends come really fast and they don't stay too long and then they go down really fast again. So for sure, with all the social media and everything changes quite differently and everything comes around and goes around much faster as before. Yeah, the whole cycle goes faster. They used to say they used to talk about like 10 years cycles. Everyone used to talk about this type of cycles that last 10 years to come back and all that. But now it can also come back and then the next year it's not here anymore. Like the frigid spinner hype. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think it started here. It started last week and it's over since yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> not even a full week, six days. And yeah. for kids, what do you think it's the most important to attract kids into skating? You have well, any? For me, it's like uh, almost every kid I know has a pair of skates. They get it for Christmas, they get it for Easter, and then they skate a little bit, but then they all go out because they don't have anything to do anymore. And if we're honest, you know, not everybody will be a speed skater. Not everybody will be an aggressive skater. Mm -hmm. Not everybody will be a free skater. So I think we are missing a little bit that what we we giving kids some some attraction, which they have fun and really enjoy. So I think, you know, for me, when I look at kids, you know, give them a goal and two sticks and they play hockey on the street. So I think there should be more like stuff like this, having fun, playing hockey, you know, doing some kind of border crossing where they, you know, go over obstacles, jump a little bit, not too extreme, but just, you know, give them a little bit more things they can do with little investment, but really having fun with skates. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But in my, this, maybe it's just me. In my opinion, one of the biggest downs happening right now is with, like you said, internet is so big. The, 
the places where people search nowadays for everything is Google. But then we have, how many names do we have for what we do? Some people call it inline skating. Some people call it skating. Some people call it rollerblading. Some others just don't think it's cool to call any of these. Then they call it freestyle blading. So there's like a million different names for the same. And then in the end, what we're doing is in making whatever we do less and less powerful. Because if someone goes and search for what we do, there will be a million different names for for the same thing, basically, which is just skating. And then it's also something like it's not a universal name. So you go to Germany and you have a name for skates. You go to, to Spain, it's patines. In Portugal, it's patins. In Polish, it's rolki. So I think it's rolki, I don't know. There's like always these... in. Everywhere in the world, there's a different name for these. And I, I don't know. I don't know if you have the same opinion as I have, which is we should all call it the same. You I call, totally agree. You call it inline skating, right? We call it inline skating, yeah. Because yeah. I guess, you know, I like blading, but we got a letter from Rollerblade not calling it blading. So it's all good, I guess, because they don't want to get interfered with a trademark which I think it's fair to them too. But it's it's very hard to get everybody on the same page. We or I tried also to do it and I, we set up like an industry meeting like one and a half years ago at ISPO. And, but following up and what came out was really not anymore. So it's, to get really all the companies and all the industry under the same roof and, you know, saying yes to the same things, I think it's very, very difficult. I think we need to go to the... Company has I think we need to go to the influential people that we have around and try to use them somehow to make more people understand about this. I was thinking the other day, so I was just doing this exercise, which is you look at all the brands, you look at Power Slide, it's Power Slide Inline Skates. You look at Roches, it's Roches Inline Skates. You look at Seba, it's Seba Inline Skates. About three weeks ago, I made an interview like this with... Tom Heiser, which is the marketing, one of the marketing directors for Rollerblade. And I asked him specifically, what does he want us or what should we call to what, he, what, it, what we do? And he said, as a marketing director of Rollerblade, I would prefer people to call it inline skating. So basically, all the brands are, or most of the brands are called it inline skating. Then the next step would be shops, but then some shops call it inline skating and some sh- some shops call it rollerblading. And then the skaters, some call it <laughs> blading, some call it freestyle blading, some call it whatever. So in the end, we're just spreading to a million different names and we're losing the power. So instead of being like a strong lion, we're just an amount of little cats that if we have any obstacle, we will never be able to, to fight it because we're not strong enough. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with it. It's not, you know, it's not only the name. It's a lot of, you know, the industry should always speak with the same words and, you know, go around. So, like you said, it has more impact. And I think it's changing a little bit step by step. If you look at, if you look at the image from roller skating, how it's developing, you know, how actually like a few years ago when you went Googled for pictures of inline skating, they all look quite gay and shitty. On the internet now, when you look on it, there's you know nice, high-quality pictures, you know fitness, good-looking girls, and you know if you look at aggressive, anyways, always really nice pictures from. So it's like it's getting better, and the image is changing 
step by step in the right direction for, for inline skating. So I think it's going the right way. And if it's going well, then more and more people will join and do the same, basically. Okay, like you said, you, th you really think the three wheels have been helping on this? Like the big, the big wheels have been helping on this? Yeah, I think the big wheels is like I call a little bit the missing link for, for inline skating maybe to come back. And if I look at it, a uh, three-wheel skate visually, it just looks more, way more nice. You know, it looks like it can fit in a box. The frame is not too long and the wheels are nicely balanced under the boot and everything looks like more connected and it's not like you have four little wheels sitting on a frame way under the boot. So for me, not only the look, but also the skating wise and everything, it's really better with tri-skates. So we get, when we started the tri-skates, we got so many emails from a lot of people saying, hey guys, this was great, you did it. I put really a smile back on my face. I wasn't really happy with skating anymore, it was no fun. But now with the three wheels, it's easy again, it's more fun, I'm fast, I'm enjoying it way more than before. So that is really, you know, pushed us in the directions that we should go more and more into tri-skates. That's cool to know. Skate. That's cool. I, I actually think the same way and I think I told you before but I do know that internally even with power slides some people didn't really agree at first with the three wheels you had to fight against a few people to market like something or to come out with something what really happened there you you had the idea of the three wheels to come in, to bring it back or where did the idea came from or Well, it was, uh, you know, when you looked at the market, it was already in, in the 90s, you had a lot of brands having three wheels, but kind, quite really strange three wheels, like with air tires bigger and really badly spaced, so they didn't really all work. But then afterwards, there were a lot of the kids' skates actually had three wheels because of the smaller size. So, and all the kids really said, wow, the three wheels work perfectly. It's very easy for me to skate on. And so I think it was 2007, 2008, we brought out a fitness skate, a fusion skate with three wheels and three times 110. And we had a lot of the younger generation actually trying and skating it and said, wow, I really liked it. So then we said, hmm, if we do it in fitness and nobody really will realize it and, you know, we'll give a lot of credibility to it. So we said we need to establish basically three wheels first, like in the Formula One of inline skating and racing. So that's why we thought we need a new wheel size and we need three wheels only and we make it 125. And then, yeah, that's where the discussion started between some of the speed skaters and me and the, the wheel supplier. And, well, in the end, we, I guess, or I convinced them it should be three wheels and bigger ones. And because after the first test we did with the frame and some scooter wheels, everybody was saying, well, it's, it's lighter, it's easier to turn. And maybe, you know, at this time it was not faster because we had shitty scooter wheels. But when we got the right wheels pushed, sure everybody said, well, this is something to be on. And so I think it's a, yeah, it's a good step forward. And we established in speed skating and marathon, every race is one on it now on three wheels. And I think it will come down to the track races in the future. And then it came to free skating and fitness and kids. And I think it will be in every segment. And then it will take over step by step, more and more brands following, which I think it's great. Do you think it will ever, ever take over aggressive? I know that there's a, a UFS frame, but do you think it will ever really take over, aggress take over aggressive, the three-wheel skate? 
No, not hardcore aggressive. You know, there will be always hardcore aggressive where you don't need a wheel in the middle because you need the space for grinding there. So I think there will be always, you know, frames four times 60 or anti-rocker or whatever, you know, flat frame coming back and stuff like this. So I think in aggressive in the hardcore, you don't need really three wheels. But even for those guys, you know, if they have a three wheel skate, they will have fun with it, you know, skating from A to B, being faster, you know, do different skating. And I think they also have an option like we made with the Kaiser Trimax frame. So a three wheel as an option to just for more cruising and do faster skating. And, you know, like Andy was saying, he's coming out with Razor with 125 and some tri wheels and tri skates. So I think it's good. Okay, that's good. But you, you said something in there that I'm a little interested and I think more people will be. You said like the comeback of the flat frame. Is there any plans for a flat frame? I know that the, the flat skate is the AN, but is there any plan for a aftermarket flat frame from Kaiser or what's going on with Kaiser? Well, Kaiser, we just brought out this year the Trimax frame. So it's a three-wheel flat frame, right? Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the flat frame at the moment, okay? That's the flat frame. Well, it's always changing, you know, anti-rocker stuff like this. So for sure, right now we are carefully where we invest, and you know, as we know, the market is not super growing. So we go step by step, and you know, developing for sure some more frames down the road. But it's really seeing which way to go for aggressive and where's the the possibilities for the market to grow and you know, where can be some new innovations. Like the Trimax, we were really happy how it's selling actually and how it's doing. So, and we didn't really expect that all, all the aggressive skate, a lot of aggressive skates would go for three wheels just to have more fun skates, but actually it works. So we will look at this and we for sure take it carefully. And yeah, there's a lot of things, you know, what we want to do and what we plan to do and but there's always like we know a limit of time and a limit a little bit of money and what we can do and in investing in new molds and new projects okay one question another one i'll have a million ones uh, anyway <laughs> the i didn't have any problem with the with the trimax and some people were saying yeah it's a plastic frame it's going to be slower i had no problems at all and being such a tall frame I wanted to know, did anyone even broke a Trimax frame? Did anyone complain about breaking a Trimax frame since the frame came out? Because, I don't know, like the frame seems super resistant to me, but just curiosity, did any frame broke or any problems with the Trimax frame happened? Well, to for me, I never heard about one. So I, can, I need to ask Chris Bauer and Chris probably who... Uh, more in contact with all the skaters, but normally I get all the breaking parts for USB and Kaiser right, because I'm handling the products. So normally I get all the information and I never saw one product broken or shattered or anything. So up to now I would say, no, it's, it's really solid. It's quite well made. That's really, that's really cool. It's just curiosity because I've been loving my frames and even some people say that, yeah, but it is, it's plastic, it's going to be slower. I didn't really experience that. I made it a little test going down the same hill with a few different skates. And in fact, the 100s on the Tramex were f almost as fast as the 110 on an aluminum frame. So I don't really 
felt any, but that was just rolling without pushing or anything like that. Probably if I push, there will be a little bit of energy being lost in the plastic, but then I wouldn't be able to grind, right? Yeah, that's always what, you know, when we did the Trimax, we want to have a frame where you still can do some, you know, top side tricks or some other tricks with it. So we said we want to have it in plastic. For sure, if you do it in aluminum with single axles, I think it could be a little bit faster. But I guess the the audience and the target group we have are not really the speed skaters under the aggressive skaters. So it's like more really urban skating and, you know, should be made for jumping and grinding and a little bit of really having fun inside the city. Yep. And now mixing everything that we've been talking, which is like um, kind of like not really a flat frame, but not really also a plastic frame, aluminum, but use that as a UFS. What do you think about the wizard frame? Have you seen the wizard frame in your hands or do you have any opinions? I, I saw them. Well, it's a... Uh... I saw it, I had it in my hand, I never skated it. It's hard to give an opinion if you never skated it. I I always be cautious, you know, to give really input or advice on something I really haven't tested. So I know a lot of people like it, it's solid, it's it's strong. And so I think the you know, the more products there on the market the better it is for the sports, especially if the products are well marketed and, and are well made. So I think this is could be something and it's another option for skating. Not everybody will love, you know, three wheels, maybe not everybody will love, you know, four wheels with big wheels. So I guess the more options on the market, the more people maybe we can attract inside the market. So for me, it's all good. Okay, and will it be anything like that as a Trinity frame or as a UFS frame from Powerslide? Is there any plan to have like a, a big four-wheel frame for any of these? I don't know, like a, a 165 mount or a UFS or is there anything planned? Not not really. Not really because we, we really see for now for Trinity, we see a big you know future and we, we have been working and working on a hard boot for Trinity. Uh, like an urban hard boot. So on this one, definitely, you know, we are planning to do different frames. And so we are planning, I think with Trinity, it opens up a lot of possibilities doing different kind of projects and all inside a frame. So we want to go more and more this direction. It's not saying that we're going away from, from UFS totally or that we only go unibody like we have with the Aeon, so more interchangeable parts. But definitely, like you said, with the Trinity system and offering all the different frames from free skating for speed skating for off-road, uh, for SUV and, you know, whatever will come in the future, I think it's it's really good options. So you can have with one skate, you can skate everything you want. Okay, so you said a Trinity hard boot. <laughs> I knew about it. I wasn't making any question about it because I didn't know if you could talk about it. Can you elaborate a little bit about it or you, you can't yet i don't know well it's it's another project only being ready for next year but the first size is ready of the mold so it's like a hardwood trinity mounting pretty cool not too much design pretty simple looking but it's all focused on performance uh we'll have you know nice liners like the recall liner again and we'll have come with different setups so i think it's something we really want to push also more and more so we're trying to get our trinity system into more projects into more skates and 
step by step, we're trying to exchange all our skates to Trinity. Okay. The same actually, which is probably new, we, we're changing the dupe skates also to Trinity so they are more stable, have more support. We have some more pieces in the cup with aluminium parts like we do also for shadows so they will be stronger. So we're trying to rework everything to be more better, stronger, more durable and more high performance skates. Okay. Would, do you think the Trinity could ever get into aggressive skating? Could you ever somehow make a Trinity aggressive skate? I have no idea. Just Well, it's maybe it's the other way around, I guess, more or less how you can, yes, how can you make, a, maybe there's a Trinity Kaiser plastic frame and there's a, some sole plates, extra sole plates for a hard boot. Okay. This is the option, I would say, yes, this, that's a good option for the future. So there's definitely, I think, I almost see like, you know, the, the aggressive market is merging more and more with the urban market and a lot of the skaters from the past saying, well, you know, my bones are getting old. I cannot do only aggressive skating all the rails. So I have really fun <laughs> doing more urban. I, I know exactly what that is. I was skating last night. <laughs> I feel it today. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I guess it's like guys like your age and I getting really a lot of emails saying, hey, can I have those big wheels, those cruisers and stuff like this. <laughs> so I think it's really, you know, it's, like I said, there will be always a hardcore aggressive mark, which always will grind the rails. And I think this will come back also once you no know, fitness and everything picks up again in a general market. But then there's also like the older guys who just want to have, who enjoy and love skating and just want to have fun on, on wheels, basically. Yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> and the, the older I grow, the, the more I think you're right. Anyway, so there's like two questions here that I'm going to make. The first one is, where do you see Power Slide in 10 years? Holy moly, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> No, come well, on. I'm, I'm sure that you have something like. <laughs> I know that. No, so, for someone sure. who's listening to this, who doesn't know you, and that's a lot of people who don't, who never even met you. But when I started this interview, I said that I always, on this YouTube channel, I always consider myself a wheel addict. But compared to you, I'm nothing. Because it's just. When I start speaking about any type of skating, Anything that has to do with wheels, not just skating, even scooters, skateboards, even those little bikes, you know details about everything. Yes, it's your business, but not everyone needs to know that. A lot of people could just get someone to do that job, but you do know about it. And it, I, just, I still, for me, it's just like you still like an hero because you do it the way that I'm saying. But other than that, it's your business and... And I know that just like every other business has ups and downs, but even through the downs, you made it and you've been making it. So I really believe that if skating ever comes up, all this will pay back. So that's why I'm making this question. I'm pretty sure it's skating is growing again. I really believe so. So that's why I'm asking, what do you well, see the future uh, in the future? I don't have really a master plan saying in 10 years I want to have a $50 million company and I want to be number one in the world. For sure, coming from racing, you like to win. So <laughs> we are all in somewhere where you like to win. When you lose, you come back and you train harder. So it's a little bit what I learned in racing. So when you're not good, you have to work harder basically now. So, but overall, I just can say it's, for me, it's probably not the same like we, 
we don't have a corporation we say we need to make more money this year we need to you know increase our revenue we need to have a better return on investment it's for me i it's just like i go in every day to work and i enjoy it because it's my hobby and like you said i can go out and test some hockey skates i can you know speed skate i can you know i can do whatever i want so really this is my hobby and I never had a different job. I never, I never applied for a job, so really, I never could do another job because I, only thing I can do is really I can go skating. But so that was, that's what you studied. A lot, not, not you didn't study business, but just like I did, you studied sports science, right? Yeah, I had sports and economics. So it was sports, and then was you know like economics where you do all the marketing shit and all the numbers a little bit and a little bit of law. So, but yeah, that's what I studied and for sure it helped, you know, when you run a company, but in the end, I think what really matters and makes a company different is like what you want really to do. And it's like the passion and emotion you put in. And like you say, it's not like a job, like from 10 to two, like, you know, some other people would probably say a boss needs to do, <laughs> but for me, I, they, I come in and I enjoy doing it. I'm working here and my wife always complains that <laughs> basically first love is my company and not her. So, oh, and so, I I, I see that uh, you're talking, and I see that in my side either. Like, yes, it's not my company. I mostly work for your company, but in the end, I get here early in the morning. I'm the last one to leave, and I go home, and I'm still on the phone or doing some of my work, or I'm on the computer. Like, it's just when you do something that you love, it just makes a difference. But also, yeah. another question that I have for you—it's not really a question—is what do you think when people when people refer to PowerSlide as like a really big brand, kind of like if they're talking about Nike, like a huge corporation? Can you tell people how many people work in the um, in the in the warehouse? Not in the warehouse, but it, at PowerSlide in Germany. How many people do you well, have? We working? about we have about forty people in the office here. So we have like two industrial industrial designers. We have four graphic designers. Basically, we have like three product guys and we have two accounting. We have like, you know, seven salespeople doing like servers and everything. And we have about like 10 warehouse people. And that's basically it, what we have here in the office. And in China, we own a little factory basically doing, you know, most of the high-end parts we have. But it's like also a quite small factory with like 40 people. So uh, let's say from a big corporation, we're quite a little bit far away. So, <laughs> It's Most not. It's not even half of do. the size of a distribution in one country only for like a big brand. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's like it's still quite small. It's still like a family, and uh, so everybody knows everybody, and I think that's quite the the fun thing too. But other than that, you work with a lot of skaters, right? Yes, for sure. I think this was always one of the things where. We try to get the skaters involved with product, with testing, which, with marketing, doing videos and, you know, giving feedback. And so we try in every segment, we try to work with the best skater. If it's aggressive, if it's speed skating, if it's free skating or, you know, Nordic SUV, we always try to work with good people who help us in promoting the brand and promoting the products and also help with, you know, feedback and development. Okay. I had a question here also through Facebook about how aggressive skaters end up marketing a lot of the free skate products. Is that your choice or they're the ones uh, contacting you asking to, to do those things? 
or how does it work? I do know the the answer, but I'm making it a question that people made. The the developing of the aggressive and urban skates. No, the mark mm -hmm. the marketing being done like and the way that like the marketing being done on free skates. A lot of the marketing is done with aggressive skaters, but is it power slides option or it's mostly the free skaters that want to do it? It's both. I think it's uh, it's both. You know, when uh, when the free skaters come out, for sure, a lot of the aggressive skaters really liked you know the free skate option. And it was for them, it was easier and more natural without, you know, hurting themselves too hard, you know, slamming on a rail always all the time. On the other hand, for sure, we were looking for good promotion. And as the aggressive skaters are awesome skaters with a lot of control, for them to make free skating look good was quite easy. And when aggressive went down, we also tried to get some budget, let's say, money-wise from the free skating segment and put it more into our aggressive skaters so we still be able to you know keep a good team and keep them as much as possible happy so trying to put some budget from free skating basically in our aggressive team so that was a little bit the background there too but then like like just like you said some of them have so many so much skill that in the end it's it's really good for skating so like when you see someone like Lomax who, who looks like a kangaroo <laughs> jumping you can just jump jump everything and it's, whenever he puts a video out everyone if they like skating they're going to like to see his content so in the end it's good for both sides right yeah it's great for both sides and uh, like you said Lomax or Eugen and all these guys or Dustin or you know all these guys when or Richie like oh they're really great on skates so they are great on aggressive skate and they are awesome on free skates. So I think this is all. It makes skating just look good again. So <laughs> I think that's all good. One other question. You also aggressive skated, didn't you? Well, <laughs> if you say aggressive skating, I would say yes, I tried. I remember when we started the company, we had a rail outside and we were Bauer when he was at you know, the guy who's running aggressive, basically, he was like 14, 15, and some other aggressive guy were always in front of our office grinding the rail. And I was there too, so they started to skate, and they were not too good. So I can do front sides, I can do some grinds. And I remember I was gone for two weeks uh, for travel, and when I came back, they basically killed me. They were <laughs> doing, like, all kinds of top shows and this and this and this, and I go, oh, maybe it's time to quit. <laughs> So, but but I heard I thought you were like a, a a speed skater and you would go back and just train and then get better and win next time. <laughs> yeah, I guess I got too crazy a little bit. <laughs> I, I'm getting old and they were young and crazy. And when they come up with you know misty flips over a jump ramp and stuff like this, that's where the time you said, huh, maybe let me get I'm my camera. <laughs> Not perfect. Let me get my camera and use it for marketing. So one question, Matthias. Um, some people was asking, do you, if someone, that one person that made this question, you know it, Matthias Auger, in, he's German and he lives in Australia now, he made this question, which is, if someone makes you a good offer, would you sell Power Slide? Hard question, but it, it's, well, that's, I guess, when this, you look at the, at the money, you know, if it's a really good offer, Maybe, but maybe not. It's really hard. I never really thought about it because I'm not, really, I'm not out there to sell the company. Like I said, it's my passion. 
and it's without it what should i do basically maybe you would use the money for another company (laughs) yeah basically maybe start another brand then but normally when you sell the company you have a non-compete or you have to work for the company and then i i think it's not easy so when you have you know when you work for a company but you're not the owner anymore but you still think you are the owner or you have been the owner so mentally i think it would be quite hard because people who know me, they, they know with, if I want to do something, I want to do something. And I don't really change too much. So eh, I, I think it would be hard. So I guess right now at my age, even I'm quite old, I would say, I still think I have some way to go and still can enjoy you know, working at the company like I do now. So, yeah. And to be honest, you know, it's... it's I'm making enough money. I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I don't have really big car or anything. So, as you know, I I dress not fancy. So you know, I have everything I need basically. I I just paid off my house. I have a family. We want to go on a holiday. We can afford it. So, what else I need, right? Not too much. Yeah, that's. I think you're right. <laughs> and I think the whole inline and, uh, skating industry, even if every now and then we have to listen to or we have to read people complaining about this or that product, I think in the end everyone is really, really thankful for what you've been doing for the skating industry all over, like over all these years. Um, well, but, we are trying. You know, <laughs> nobody is perfect, I would say, and for sure we we had our mistakes and our failures too. But so, I, I think that happens. Sometimes it's hard to control this thing. I keep saying the same. I, I do believe that that happens every now and then because PowerSlide is trying and is trying to make different products. And sometimes you're going to... You, experience, you try things that you don't really know if it's going to work. But the truth is, if you never try those things, you'll never know. So... I do believe that the failure, like you said, happens because PowerSlide has been trying. So, but that's my opinion. Maybe not everyone is, has the same opinion as I do. Um, but it's also because you tried things that you started a carbon skate for aggressive. Are we still making a carbon aggressive skates or is it ending? Yeah, or we, we still do. Okay. Yeah, that's was. No, that we still do. We make a new color version a new version for next year uh, for carbon so it's still it's still there even like you can see the the sales at the higher end carbon for sure it came down a little bit so but still I think the market is liking the concept with a very light shoe looking concept for a boot mm-hmm. for sure there's potential to you know even improve this and make it better but yeah the carbon I think I like really like the concept and it was a little bit after, like, we talked with a failure, let's say, after the legacy project, we said we want to do something really different, and even a lot of people don't believe it will work. We just do it because, you know, maybe it's yeah. time for something new. Yeah, and coming from speed skating, you've been working with carbon for a while, right? In the carbon, we had really good, let's say, technology and good knowledge. and So we know it, it would work, and... I guess in the end, it's not a bad project, and it changed quite a little bit of the industry around. And I think it's it has a place in the market for sure. Was the carbon skate ever the best seller, or 
What's the best seller at the moment? What's the product in uh, first in aggressive skating? What's the aggressive skating that sells the most at the moment? A cheaper skate or a more expensive? Well, really, the, the Aeon skate sells really well. You know, especially in the sixties, but even the seventy-two millimeter setup sells quite well and really well. And then this way, which is an entry-level model but quite simple project, it sells really well. And Actually, the seven is starting to sell way better now because now Roman and some other pro guys skating it and promoting it. So overall, I think it's we have quite solid. And like I said, on the high end, maybe the carbon went down a little bit, and more people went maybe go to a Eon, Eos skate or you know, I don't know. Uh, and the carbon free does it sell? Right the now, the Eugen is it selling good? Carbon carbon free is also quite selling well. Yes, especially the for the new uh, skate from Eugen, I think it's very well anticipated, and you know this should do really well. The Eugen has had a really special look and a cool some cool features on it. Okay, we should. Sh can we ever expect uh, a second release of the brown Richie Eisler skates? Um, I don't know. Maybe you know, from Richie, maybe. Uh, maybe under as a team skate or so, but for sure, you know, colors is always, uh, let's say, an option. The brown was selling really well. You know, some other colors for sure we had a good experience selling colors. So it's it's always like some people love it and some people hate it. Yeah, but that's normal, so it's, right? Vice versa. So, but for sure, it's. Always a carbon, and you know, with the carbon free for sure. We want to make always a shoe look, and having you know, some of the models really different. But also, as we talked about, you know, this year we have a 20 years anniversary, so mm -hmm. we're bringing out some of the older guys' pro models again in same colors as we do before as Aeon skates. That's amazing. I know that that was one of the questions that one of the guys, Matthew Rice, made. So he was the question was. The skateboarding in the, as the skateboarding industry got older, some of the brands started using their legends to make newer models of the old boards, something like that. So that's basically what USD is going to do. Do you want to say who's going to have the pro models or people are going to have to wait for those? Uh, yeah, we are planning four models actually to be released. It's a Richard, it's a, a Billy O'Neill, uh, Carlos Pianoffi is an uh, alloy skate. That's cool. So, are, and are they are they skating the skates, or it's just um, a release of the color of their skate with their agreement, of course? No, they want to skate the skate too. So we are getting the samples to all this guy, to all the guys now, so so they can skate it and enjoy them. Hopefully, that's amazing. Can't wait to see some of them skating with the skates. I've seen the skates; they look amazing. And I, somehow, I saw that someone posted some of the pictures online. What do you think of that? When someone releases the the images before you have the final sample or before you have the final uh, marketing being ready for for that, like when someone leaks an image of a product. Well, no, it sucks. And normally, we tell people I kill them. So. <laughs> 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 so, 
So you just tell them that you kill them, that's it. <laughs> no, but it's 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 not good because you know sometimes like you say, you know, the color is not right and then everybody sees the wrong color and said, Oh, it looks ugly. So it's like it's taking away a lot from the product itself when it's released. So it's like well it's I guess that's a little bit like a, a lot of people want to get a, people to see it first from here and see you know, get the hits and whatever. But I think it's it's never good to show it too early as it takes away quite a lot of the the function of marketing or how you promote it with the skaters and make it sure it's you know shown in the and presented in a nice way. So yeah, for sure we don't like it at all. Yeah. Of course. I think I I remember like back in the day when with Shadow it somehow some pictures were leaked but it it looked like somehow it was planned. Did you ever did that with any of your brands like somehow leak some of the images but like planning it? Well I guess not really. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, like you give something to test and like like Lomax had like the Air 80 and he says, hey, I'm going to a competition Canadian and you said, well, go ahead and skate it because we want to test it and, you know, get feedback. So yeah. then you say basically, you know, you don't care if people don't see it, uh, but you don't announce it really it is or, you know, some people even recognize it. So sometimes it's just it leaks because you say, you know, continue skating it because the input gets more important than you know not you know being able for the public to see it yeah i get it and for some of the people listening to this who don't know power slide is not just owned by you so there's someone who also owns power slide is that 50 50 with you and or how is it did you guys start it together it was yeah. someone that just joined after no that was we started together from the very beginning. So Stefan, my partner, he owns half of the company, and basically he is responsible for the financial side for the organization and you know all the stuff on the back, basically. And I'm like responsible for like sales and products and marketing more. So we divided basically the company in like two different parts, and he's handling his side, and I handle my side. And it's not bad. I know Stefan since I was very young because. He's a brother of my best school friend, so I always hanged out with their family all the time. So we have been, like you said, we have been going through bad and, and good times, and, you know, it bonded us quite strong together. So we are quite happy, you know, we have each other. And that, that's that's cool. But being someone, uh, it does he skate? Or does he have the same uh, passion as you do? No, he has, he's not really a skater. So he can skate, yes, but he's not like, you know, he's not going to yeah. skate two times or three times a week like I do still. And But he can skate. But for his side of business, I think you don't need to have no, skated. Maybe better he doesn't not. skate so he doesn't. No. So the it's, reason, a, it's a good fit. Yeah, the, the reason why I made this question was someone asked through Facebook if, the, is, is it true that there was some times that you guys or that Stefan ever thought about shutting down the aggressive skating mark the aggressive skating brands and then you always pushed for the whole thing to to keep going or it's it was never anything like yeah, that 
No, it's always for sure when you, you know, the market went down and you're spending a lot of, you know, marketing dollars on a team and on events and on products, you know, then it's for sure that's where, you know, everything is going well, you never have conflicts basically. But when, you know, something goes down and then for sure it's discussing, do we need a team? How many people need? Why do they need to get paid per month? You know, cannot they be cut and stuff like this? For sure, you know, when the company itself loses money and having a really hard time to survive, then it's like, there's always discussions where you say, we, do we need it or do we not need it? So, like I said, you know, everything is always going great, then, you know, you never have problems. Mm. But I think in the end, it's like, you know, Stefan knows when I said I want to have a team and I think it's still important to have a team, then he's he agrees to it. Maybe, you know, not the same way I do it, because I know being a skater probably we spend more than we should doing compared to other brands. But I think, like you said, you know, it's, it's important you support the skaters, you uh, support the core, and you show there's a little bit of industry still, you know, hanging around and trying to support teams and skaters around the, the world. If it's aggressive or speed skating or free skating or whatever, I think it's important for a company to support the sport. Mm-hmm. Is there any, what's the brand that right now, it's the biggest competition to power slide. I know that some of the brands that it's just not the same thing. Like when when we talk about a Rollerblade or a K2, it's it's actually a different market because their distributions are different and they can get to a lot of different places, not really just the core shops. But what's the is there any brand competing with power slide at the moment? Like at the same. Well, you have always. Like I said, you know, Powerslide has everything, every segment. You know, we have, you know, fitness skates, we have hockey skates. We started last year, we have aggressive skate, we have speed skate. So looking at speed, yes, we have for sure a lot of competitors inside this big brand, like smaller markets. Bond is really good, for example. In aggressive, you have for sure, you know, competitors like, you know, like Razors and Bello and all the other brands are doing good. And in free skating and aggressive, you have also Sabre being really good. And stuff like six. So in every segment, you have very strong niche brands too. And then overall, I think you know the biggest brands for sure is like K2 and Rollerblade. And I think especially Rollerblade is you know trying to do a quite good job. They they have also a product guy like Jan Burdier who was a speed skater and he has quite some passion for skating too. So I think you know they're trying quite good also to promote the sport, coming back, having a team, and looking for the image of skating. So. I think they are, everybody's trying quite their best. Everybody, I think, stepped up the game a little bit and investing a little bit in skating again to make the products look better and the image better. So overall, I think it's positive looking for the market in general that there's quite some competition and everybody pushing each other forward. And for sure, we try with you know our developing to be a little bit pain in the ass for the others so everybody has to push hard too. <laughs> Talk so we go to development and skates looking better. What was how did the swell idea came? Well, it was you know you can you know Kenneth from Barcelona. He's yes. one of our designers, and he came to Germany and say, "Hey, Matthias, I have a crazy idea for new looking fitness stuff." And he said, "Hey, I want to do something like you know for skates like Nike flying it or go." And I go, "Well." I went to our sample room and I brought a speed skate like we did before with 
you know, like flying it style and everything. It's a, so something like that and goes, oh yeah, something like that. And I said, ah, I'm totally down. I want to go the same direction. So that was basically the start where we said we want to do something really different, uh, cool looking skate, which is, you know, looks different than any other skate with only three wheels, uh, looks like a shoe, but great performing and, you know, really like a targeting the high fitness skater who really trains with the skate and wants to work out. So basically it was possible. Basically it was Kenneth and me at the same time were basically heading in the same direction. And then we said, let's combine it and make sure that, you know, whatever we do, we control everything. So we wanted to, like he, we said, you know, he should do like the design for the product, the marketing and, you know, help with the web design, help, help with everything to so make sure from A to set, everything looks the same and feels the same. So I think that's why also the project worked because, you know, it never went out of head saying, you know, this guy's doing marketing and this guy's doing the product and this guy's doing the web design. So everything was linked together and had the same vibe and the same feel. Yeah, so there was, there was mar really there were marketing guidelines, which in my opinion, make a lot of sense. So if someone, even a shop, if they want to, if they want to share pictures of that skate, it should be in a way and so that the image of that skate goes a certain way, which is what the brand wants. And I think that makes a huge difference. Right. Yeah. And if you look like, especially it's a swell, you know, if you look at the pictures and, you know, if you look at the internet, how swell is presented, I think it's really presented in a nice high quality way where it will attract new people to skating and a lot of, Emails get saying, really, oh, I bought this well, I never skated before, it's really cool skate and, you know, stuff like this. So I think it's really attracting new people into skating and that is what really we wanted also with a concept. Okay. So I think I have one last question and then we can have this. Um, Off-road skates. So I know that Roches at the skates... Even before Rollerblade had the Coyotes, Roaches had the Big Cats and the Enduros. Yep. And then a few years later, Rollerblade had the Coyotes. But then the whole thing died. And then Powerslide came out with the SUV skates. Um, how did the whole thing come back? Or why? Where did it come from? Well, it was like in... It started a little bit like in Germany. You know, the winter is not a you know, so cold and so long. So the people looking for some stuff where they could ski basically on inline skates, also in off season, like in, if it's bad weather, you know, if it's a little bit snow. Uh, so basically we were looking at skates, developing skates where you can skate in every condition, basically if it's rainy, if it's snowy. And so we made our Nordic line with two wheels and longer ones. And then basically for fun, we thought, well, it's, it's too long it's too hard to handle and with a whole you know three wheel thing anyway you know the suv versus three wheels was perfect and like you said the coyote did it before and it was was cool i thought so it was a little bit heavy maybe it was a little bit different so but then we made some prototypes and everybody who was skating the qv skates with the three big air tires really really liked it and so we thought hmm, time to push this part so actually this is quite a little bit of focus we're putting on next year we we're having a new line with really under suv and some cool new project especially with trinity so new frames and new setups and some suspension frames and so there are some cool stuff coming in this direction that's cool 
And I remember that Dustin Werbeski did that video and it was like, I don't know if I can call it viral, but for skating, when it came out, it was viral. So do, do you think there could be a good way to promote skating? Because the thing is, I have, I have sure. two pairs of skates at the shop and everyone that comes around, when they see those skates, everyone goes crazy about the skates everyone says it should be really fun to try and all that and then when i play the werbeski video on tv on the tv like the kids so the shop as you know it's in a skate park the kids at the skate park they stop skating to come and watch the video everyone loves it yeah no i think really it has potential i think if this is marketed and presented in a good way and you know pricing for sure it's an issue because right now all the skates are quite expensive But so I guess in the future, you know, for sure we are working on to get it, you know, more price points. So it could be to a bigger audience. But the good thing is, you know, it could be extreme and you can downhill skate everywhere. But also if you're older, you take two sticks and you can go like cross country skating. And so it really has a big audience, this kind of skate. I totally agree. We have like a rental van and we put always a new samples inside and then we drive around to all the customers. And when we open the door of the rental van, The first thing that people look at and everybody is steering it and wants to test it, the SUV with the wheels and the air tires. So I agree that some people look at it and always look at the extreme stuff and cool stuff. So this, I think, is also a potential way to you know, bring skating to a wider audience, you know, bring it to like skiers who love to cross country in the world or mountain bikers and stuff like this, or he wanted to see who are seeking like the thrill of adrenaline on, on wheels. <laughs> okay. I think that was it, Matthias. I want to say thank you so much for, I know that you're like usually really, really busy for taking, I think it was like 65 or 70 minutes to do this. I really want to thank you so much for that. I also want to thank you for allowing me to do the live that I do. <laughs> Basically, great part of what I do is <laughs> comes from, from PowerSlide. So thank you so much for that. And from everyone who sent me, and I also want to thank everyone who sent me questions for you. And from all, most of those people, they also told me to say thank you for being part of skating for so long. So Thank you for spending the time today. Thank you for all the time and all, all that you've been investing in skating. And I think that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for helping us and supporting us. And for sure, thanks to the skaters, but because without the skaters, we would be nothing. So in the end, you know, if they are not supporting us, we have a problem. So I only can give it back. And I think that There are so many skaters out there who didn't stop even when the market was down and they are all still doing it because they love skating. I think so the passion inside the sport is so high that I think it will never go away. That's why I think I, I really like to enjoy working with all you know you guys and the skaters because there's so much energy and everybody wants to make it work and everybody wants to bring skating back and that's why it will happen one day because there's no way it will not happen. Thank you so much, Matthias. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Okay, stay in touch. Bye. Take Thank care. you. Bye bye. And that was it. Matthias Noll owning Power Slides since 1994, as it's just here right now. Uh, quite inspiring. So I don't know. I hope you guys enjoyed this 
this skate talk. And if you did, if you want to listen to more of this, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. If the subscribe button underneath this video is red, that means that you're not subscribing. So if you click on it, it's going to become white. That's what you need to do. Click on it, make it white. On the side of it, there's like a little bell. If you click on that bell, from that moment on, you're going to start getting notifications every time I upload one of these skate talks. And that's it. I want to thank you so much for listening to this. If you want me to invite anyone else for one of these skate talks, why don't you drop me a comment and tell me who would you like to be my guest? I'm more than keen to get new guests and talk about skating and try to bring it all to you guys. So again, thank you so much for listening. And that's it. Cheers. Vou viver até quando